Jesus' baptism? This one as told in the Gospel of Luke. The basic gist is the same with just one noticeable difference. See if you catch it. Now when all the people were baptized and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for forty days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. So did you catch the difference? No, I thought I was like hitting you over the head with it with the opening thought. In the Luke version, God speaks directly to Jesus. You are my son. You are the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. The words that God says to Jesus are the words that God says to all of us. You are my child. You are loved. You bring me great joy. And the, just the profoundness, the power of that idea, first, of God speaking directly to us. Second, that if God is speaking to us, those are the words that God would choose to share. And just the whole idea of God and us as a parent to a child was hitting me in such a deep way this week that it was like, it was almost hitting me too much to be able to write about it. Because, like, do you know, do you ever have those feelings where something touches you so deeply that you, like, it's beyond words? There are no words for it, right? Do you know that feeling? So that was kind of me this week. And part of the reason that it was so raw is just coming out of the Christmas season. And this, for me, this felt like my first Christmas as a parent. It wasn't. Alice was, what, like two and a half months at the previous Christmas. But at that point, I was like so still in the fog of postpartum and recovery and sleep deprivation that it was like all lost on me. So this one felt like the first Christmas and the power of that idea of the Christmas story, God a parent coming to us as a child just hit me in a, a totally new way. And I just remember, Chloe, when you were singing at one of our Christmas Eve services and you were singing, Mary, did you know? Did you know that when you kiss this little baby, you kiss the face of God? And thinking about holding Alice and kissing her face as I rock her to sleep, and I was like, yes. <laughs> yes, Mary knew. <laughs> I know. So that was some of it. That was some of the power. And our, our, the Bible and like every religious tradition gives us all different options for metaphors for understanding God and how God, who God is, how God relates to us. There are tons, right? There are so many. I mean, there's the idea of God as light that guides our path. Or God is like wind, or you can feel it, but you can't see it. God as the fire that refines us. God as the rock that is our firm foundation. There's so many. But the metaphor of God and us as a parent and child is, for the most part, a uniquely 
Christian metaphor. And it's not a perfect metaphor, right? I mean, depending on who you are and what your life journey has been, that might be a metaphor that is unhelpful or like a very, very painful. Because some of us aren't parents. Some of us didn't want to be parents but are. Some of us desperately want to be parents but can't be. Some of us are parents who have lost children one way or another. Some of us don't have good relationships with our own parents. So if any of those are you, just I ask you to just be gentle with yourself tonight. No metaphor is perfect. Every metaphor about God is incomplete. But every metaphor also gives us like a little bit more, one more glimpse, one more layer to our understanding of who God is. So just think about that tonight and see if you can be open and... Um, I don't know, see what God might be saying to you through that idea. The profundity of God and us as a parent and child, kind of new to me, but not to a lot of you. I mean, this is something that most of you know way more about than I do. And the idea that God loves us like a parent loves a child is beautiful, right? That kind of love is beautiful, but it also can be brutal. It can be heartwarming and life-changing and joy-giving for sure, but it can also be heartbreaking. It can also be painful. It can also make you anxious, afraid, feeling out of control. All of that is part of God's story, too. And many of you know that more than I do, and for all the ways that you teach me about that, I give you thanks. Like even just this week, Diana, one of our bell ringers, her grandson, little baby Thomas, uh, I got to be with him and his parents at the hospital. We'll pray for him during the prayers. He's okay now. He's doing well. But he was having so much trouble breathing that they had to bring him into children's. And just being with them in that and seeing the fear and the anxiety and feeling so powerless for someone to be able to protect and fix things for someone that you love so much, but also their strength and their courage, and the tenderness with which they took care of Thomas and took care of each other. And then a few days later, I was with a family whose baby was in the NICU for the first month of its life, and they were so brave to share about that and share not only how hard it was to leave him at night and go home, but also how hard it was once he was better and they could bring him home, and what it took to recover from the trauma of that and to try and make sense of what had happened to them and where God could possibly have been in all of that. Or just a couple days ago, when I got to meet Colette Jade, and she came in and I got to hold her as part of our pre-baptism trial run, and immediately, do you remember what you did? You immediately stuck your hands out to my mouth just like my Alice does, and thinking about everything that we're doing in baptism today, and thinking about what these waters mean, and it just hit me like, wow, Colette, because of this water and the crazy claims of our faith, you are as much my family as my own little Alice is. Twelve words. Twelve words. God says in this story. What if God said more than that? What would the next 12 words be? What would the next 12 pages be? This story 
is actually one of only two times in the entire New Testament that we hear the voice of God speaking. For a gold sticker and a bonus point, anybody know what the other time is? Do you guys remember the story of the transfiguration of Jesus? We hear it every year. Jesus is up on a mountaintop with a couple of disciples when all of a sudden he starts shining and emitting all of this light and a voice comes from the clouds. And anybody know what it says? This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. That is all we hear from God. The entire New Testament. What else would God say? What would God say? What else would God say on his son's baptism day? What would any of us say on our child's baptism day? Well, I don't know, but maybe, <clears throat> maybe something like this. Dear child, you are loved. You are important. You are worthy. You matter. Not because of anything you'll ever do, but just because of who you are. Take these words that I'm speaking over you today and plant them in your soul. Your job is to know the truth of them so completely and so confidently that nothing shakes them. Know it with a certainty that isn't rattled by rejection or loss or ego. So that no accomplishment increases it and no failure crumbles it. Nothing anyone else thinks about you changes it. Praise doesn't inflate it. Criticism doesn't touch it. So you don't need to prove yourself or defend yourself or pretend to be anything other than who you are. You are no better than anyone else, but you are just as darn good. Remember that. Speaking of other people, if your first job is to know your own worth, your second job is to know the worth of others. All others. If you can keep those two things straight, the battle of your life will be mostly won. I hope you cross paths with all kinds of different people in your life. And you won't always like the people you meet. But please do your best to love them. They are my children too. They're your brothers and your sisters, all of them. And each of you carries a piece of my heart within you. When you love each other, the pieces of my heart are made whole. I wish I could tell you life will be easy, but it won't. It will be hard. Harder than you can probably imagine right now. And I wish I could protect you from getting hurt, but I can't. But I can promise you that whatever you face, you won't face it alone. I will be right there with you. I will cry with you. I will hold you. I will work tirelessly so that your pain is never wasted. I will turn your suffering into strength. And whatever happens to you, little one, most of all, remember this. Whatever life brings, whatever you do or fail to do, whatever highs and lows you face, no mountain, no valley, nothing in all creation, not even death itself, will ever separate you from my love. So those are my words, or my attempt to imagine what God's words might be. And if I think of my own Alice and what I wish for and long for for her life, I could write pages and pages of hopes and dreams for her. But maybe sometimes less is more, and maybe there is wisdom in God's restraint, and maybe God actually says more in those 12 words than I do in my 378, which, yes, I did count. <laughs> so.
sorry. We meet as pastors every Thursday, and one of the things we do is kind of brainstorm together for the sermon that's coming up that weekend. And so this time, this Thursday, we're meeting and we're talking when we're thinking, what does God say to us? And what maybe would God say to us? Maybe we should do, you know, a series, like what does God say to us at all the different points in our life? What does God say to us on our baptism day? But then what does God say to us on the day that our divorce is finalized? Or what does God say to us the day that we make the winning shot at the buzzer? What does God say the day we miss the winning shot at the buzzer? Or the day that we dye all of the laundry pink? The day that we first realize that our parents are not perfect? The day maybe when we first encounter a bully? Or the day when we first are a bully? And as we thought about that and we thought about what God might say to us on all those different days, we realized... It's all the same. It's always the same. You are my child, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. May we know that, remember that, trust that, live that, extend it to others always.